Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday. And I'm Ann Bonney, redhead impersonator and an expert in change management and leadership that people want to follow. Okay, Ann. What are we going to talk about today? Let's talk about, you know, we've talked about accountability. We've talked about that within a persuasion perspective. How about how you identify that you have an accountability problem with your team? You you know, that's really an interesting question. Um, when When you ask it like that, I start thinking to myself, how many times have I talked to a, usually it's a business owner, and they're just bragging how great their team is. You know, but they want to sit down and meet. And I'm like, wow, this is confusing. All right. And so usually I open up. So so what is it that, you know, uh, you, you know, you wanted to cover today? How can I serve you? That's sort of whatever I, you know, don't ask me to tell you what I actually say in real words, because it's all made up at the time. But at any rate, I, I, I you know, I said, what are, what are we going to meet about? You know, if, if everything is great. And that's when the real truth starts coming out. You know, I, I start hearing things like, um, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm t- I always have to like look over people's shoulders. But they think they're having an accountable team. What's that all about? Mm. Yeah, well, and I think there's there's such a benefit to building up your team and being appreciative of what they do and being very... Um, demonstrative is the wrong word, but very vocal about how great your team is and creating that pride. But I think you've hit on the important thing is seeing where's your team strong and being very genuine about that appreciation and that praise, but also being very honest with yourself about where you think it's not working and what doesn't feel right. Yeah. You know, as you said that it's, you're right. It's sort of a blindside. We want to, and people who aspire to be good leaders, and this is absolutely a great trait in a good leader, mm-hmm. but people who aspire to be good leaders want to give their teams a fine reputation to live up to, to quote Dale Carnegie, right? You want to, you know, it's like, oh, you're really good at this. And then people want to step up to that reputation. Right. And, and, and it's a valid technique. And it also has a tendency to blindside us. Well, and you know, this is the problem with humans, Dave. <laughs> if we were all Vulcans, this would be a lot easier. But the problem with humans is we have a really hard time with moderation. I just put in a Star Trek reference. <laughs> of all the people I expected that to come from, you would not be the la- uh, would not be the first on my list. And that is probably going to be the last Star Trek reference, other than Tribbles, which I have one, um, but that's d- different. And that's, type. frankly, that's the trouble with Tribbles. Uh, And for those of you who are unaware, that's the actual title of the episode where Tribbles are introduced. Hmm. Trouble with Tribbles. See, I didn't even know that. Anyway, the problem with humans is we have a hard time with moderation, with with not taking something way too far. Yes, we need to praise our team. We need to identify their strengths. We need to let them know of their strengths and let them know the things that are going well. But as great leaders, we also need to be cognizant of what is not going well and how we can make our team even stronger. And so many people think, well, if I tell my team there's something they need to get better at, 
I'm not praising them for what they're good at, but that's not true at all. That's not true at all. It's identifying those things and being super genuine about what is going right and saying, hey, here's how we can get stronger. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure that it's a moderation issue. I mean, yes, I don't disagree that you know, look around us and I don't want to go into a health place, but look around us how many people clearly have issues with moderation. Um, Nachos. But, and more. Bet you can't eat just one. You can't. Right. No, who can? And the issue, I think, is less moderation and more discernment. And and really, I think it's also the ability to hold apparently contradictory viewpoints. And, and I think we fight against that. And maybe that's what you mean by moderation. Kind of, yeah. That that middle ground, that that this can exist with this. We can be an amazing team that's crushing it and doing really well and not follow through on our commitments and need those constant reminders. Those things can exist together. And if we're willing to be discerning about what we're good at and what we're not good at, we then can get better at it. But if we're not willing to look at that grand and they are can you can have an amazing team that sucks at a couple things. And if you're not willing to look at that which you suck at as an and then you're never going to get better at that. Yeah, and I think I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about in prior podcasts you're replacing but with and. Hallelujah. And, and how powerful that can be because Ooh. you can hold paradoxical concepts because they're not mutually exclusive. Right. And it's so important to do when you're talking about your team's strengths and weaknesses, especially yeah. if accountability is one of the weaknesses. And, and I think the challenge, like all things, starts at home, meaning most of the time we can't do that for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm putting mind to um, one of my former, I guess he was my boss. He was 26 year old kid whose daddy bought him the business and daddy actually made the decisions, but he was quote the president of the company. And we were at a golf tournament and he wasn't anything better than I was. And I thought I sucked. Uh, and I did. When you look at scores, that's uh, just, you know, it doesn't mean I sucked in everything, but my overall golf game definitely sucked. And he was, his overall golf game wasn't any better. Mm-hmm. But to listen to him talk about his golf game, he should have been on the tour. And he couldn't conceive <laughs> that there were areas that could use improvement. And I think a lot of us are like that. Or we go the other direction, right? How many people do you know that, you know, they're they're doom and gloom? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and again, it's finding that middle ground, finding the and. We have so many things that we're good at. This is where, and I'm sure you've heard of the feedback sandwich, right? Oh, and I remember the first time that I heard it was my wedding. It was my crazy aunt. It was my first wedding. And we're in the receiving line. And you know how when you're when you're the one running the receiving line, you really want to get to the buffet line sure. or the bar line. And so you're moving people through, you know. Oh, I love you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's so great to see you. Okay, move it along, move it along. And my my aunt comes through and she stops in front of me. And this woman has lead shoes. She's not moving. And I'm like, oh, it's on. Here we go. And she says, oh, Andy, I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited. You're beautiful. You, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Trying to like move her along with my hand. 
Finally, she says, I learned something about relationships the other day, that if you have something your husband needs to get better at, and this is a woman who has never been able to keep a relationship going. So I'm a little bit like, not going to listen. And she says, next time you need something from him, you need to make a sandwich, positive, negative, positive. You say, honey, oh, you look so nice. Did you get your haircut? You really need to do the dishes a little more carefully because there's some food on there. But is that sweater new that makes you look so skinny? And I'm sitting there thinking, there's no way on this God's green earth that I am ever going to use that. But the difference between that being effective and the way she used it is finding those things you are genuinely good at, that are genuinely going well, and using that and and saying, and we could get even stronger if this was better. So let's talk about how we can work on that. That takes care of your people who are all about, wah, wah, we're not good at anything. You've just told them things you are good at, and I want us to get even better, so let's work on this. So this is where you and I can respectfully agree to disagree. We do that sometimes. We do. I am not a fan of the sandwich. I actually love sandwiches, but not this particular sandwich. Okay. Right? If I am having an accountability conversation with somebody, if I want to talk about areas where they can use some improvement, I want it to just be about that. And the reason for that is simple. I don't want somebody, if I go, you know, you're really a fantastic worker, you're reliable, and you're really falling short on your production numbers. And I value you as a, a team member, which is typically what that sort of conversation sounds like. What I've really said is that you really can't believe a word I'm saying because I, they only hear the piece in the middle, right? Because if I was really reliable, you wouldn't, we wouldn't be talking about that. I want to keep them separated. I want, when you and I are having an accountability conversation, you understand that we're going to focus on areas that need improvement. And the fact that I'm holding that conversation with you tells you subliminally, subconsciously, that I actually care about you enough to hold you accountable. Because if I don't think you're capable, I'm not going to hold you accountable. I can't. It would be inhuman, inhumane of me to do that. Now, have you ever said, though, in that conversation, I want to talk about something that isn't going well because I believe in your ability to get stronger at this. But that's not a sandwich. It is a sandwich because you're saying something that's going well, that's positive, that's a strength of theirs. You're saying, I believe in you and your ability to get better. That's a genuine one, which is why that is a good sandwich and not a poop sandwich like my aunt or like you're talking about saying something just to say something nice. Right. So a sandwich to me is where you open with something positive, tell the piece that's really not that good, and then close with something positive. And I don't think that that, for me, that doesn't work. And maybe this is a personal preference thing, right? And because I think it's, oh, yeah, go ahead. As long as I'm on a regular basis, and, you know, what I preach is daily, mm -hmm. finding things to... Um, uh, highlight to, that people are doing right. I don't need that in the accountability conversation. Okay. Yes. And you're absolutely right. And then your sandwich becomes a week long sandwich right. rather than just a, a statement sandwich. Right. And, and frankly, if I'm never looking for those uh, highlights to call out those things that are doing right, it doesn't matter what I say in the accountability conversation either.
They're not listening anyway. Yeah. Yep. No. And and like most of our disagreements, Dave, I think it's really a just a semantics issue. We're really saying the same thing because you are spending so much time making sure they know genuinely what is going well, that when you need to have that conversation, they're not questioning, oh, wow, he hates me, doesn't like me, he's out to get me, he wants me to, you know, be, fail. It's not just you suck at this. We'll talk next year at your next evaluation where I'll tell you the more things you suck at. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's interesting is there are sometimes people who it doesn't matter how often you, you find the highlights. That when you have that accountability conversation, they, they just, you know, I, I remember one gentleman who I ended up firing. And the day I terminated him and trust me, there was a ton of um, uh, what sort of uh, he had every opportunity to improve mm -hmm. okay? and every resource given to him to improve. Right. And every help he could get. And the day I fired him, I had it out for him. Everyone knows I have it out for you. You have it out for me. Everybody knows it's your fault that I was actually late again, even though I lived at literally at work because we had a we had we had a um, an efficiency above the warehouse and he was he had been kicked out of his girlfriend's house and was living in TJ and wasn't going to be able to make Tijuana folks for those of you who aren't in the San Diego oh, area, San which means yeah. he had to cross the international border, which can be 20 minutes or it could be five hours. And so he, I was like, look, I got him the efficiency at no rent. So he didn't have to deal with that. So he didn't have to stress about that. And long story, a little bit shorter. He was late several times to work, even though he lived there. <laughs> That's a tough one. Some people are going to be the victim. But if we make that culture of holding people accountable, of having those positive conversations and holding them accountable for the things they're doing well and for the things that aren't going well and aren't going well as a team and aren't going well as a company, if we're having making a culture where that open communication happens, hopefully, and some people are always going to have a hard time with it, but generally humans are going to be able to say, okay, cool, this in, you know, constant improvement, which we've talked about a bunch of times, is part of what we do. And so that doesn't completely destroy our ego when we realize that our golf game is not that great. Right. And there's a there's a difference between you suck at something and you're not doing it as well as we'd like it to be. Sure. Sure. But right. some people hear you're not doing it as the way we would like you to be as you suck at something, you know? Ab absolutely. Right. And what I think, and we, we you know, bring this back full circle when we started this conversation, it starts with being honest with yourself about yourself. What do you mean? If you can't see your own strengths, so, so some people can see their strengths and they can't see their failings, and some people can only see their failings and they can't see their strengths. And if you can't see both, then how can you see it in somebody else? Right. Yeah, exactly. If all you're seeing is the negative in yourself, all this you're going to see is the negative in your team and vice versa. So it's getting honest with yourself first, which interestingly, we say all the time. Yeah. And the other thing that we talk about all the time, and this is, is if you want your team to be a certain way, you have to model that behavior and you've got to be there first. Mm -hmm. You have to be the person you want your team to be. And that's really mm -hmm. what we're talking about. So how do you recommend to people that they start to look at, all right, cool, what am I good at? What am I not good at? To see both sides. I, I think start looking at results, right, you know, at the end of the day. Um, and history. And yeah. What's your history? Because obviously we can't predict the future, right? right? Where Dr. Phil says the best 
predictor of future behavior is past. Mm-hmm. Right? But was the same Dr. Thing, Phil? I thought that was Eleanor Roosevelt. Well, he probably stole it from her because she was around first. I think she took it from Socrates. Could or be. Or was it Gandhi? Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I love playing internet quote bingo. Who said? Depends on why you look. Anyway, go it's, ahead. Especially just so randomly picking people out of history. Um, <laughs> if you say That's it with enough conviction, nobody will doubt you. Big Bird said it. And yeah. you were saying. Sorry. I have no idea what I was saying. But... Um, Best predictor. Look at your oh, history. Look at your right. yeah. so, so look at your history, right? And and you know this is where and we've talked about um, looking at things objectively versus uh, uh, judgmental, right? Mm. So you know try and be objective about it. Try and be curious about it, and try not to be judgmental. You know, which can be a challenge for many of us who are humans. In fact, you know and. And just say, okay, well, did we get the results we wanted? You know, it's because a lot of times, what if I look at my past, I may not have gotten the results I wanted, but I got the results the client wanted. And mm-hmm. I, I have the same. I always want my standards to be higher than my clients. So even if I fail, I sometimes now sometimes you get failed. You know, you get failed tremendously, and nobody's happy. And that certainly has happened in my past. But a lot of times, you fall short of your own standard, but still surpass theirs. Yes. And, and this is the thing. And I, and I love that you say, be curious, be non-judgmental. It's not assigning value to the good and the bad. And that's, and that's hard sometimes, but it's being able to look at it subjectively and saying, what are the facts? If I take emotion out, if I take my hurt and my sting and my embarrassment and my excitement and all that stuff out of it, what are the facts? And and by doing that, you're able to look at both sides, depending on which side that you're not good at looking at. So what you're saying is the facts, ma'am. Nothing but the facts. Nothing but the facts, ma'am. Wasn't that Spock? No, that was a Joe Friday. <laughs> okay, but you have to admit that was funny. No, I don't have to admit anything. Admit it, Dave. I'm funny. Live long and prosper. <laughs> So, but yeah, no, totally. And it's and it's looking at those facts. And when we present it to our teams and we were presented to ourselves, take that emotion out of it. Say, yes, this didn't go the way we wanted to. Okay, cool. What did we do? What do we wish we did? What are we going to do again next time? And what are we going to do differently next time? And rather than treating it like a finger wagging visit to the principal's office, treat it like a fact finding mission. Treat it like a let's be curious about this so we can learn and get better. Not, nobody needs to feel bad about it unless you made the same mistake 16 times. Yeah. And, and I mean, it depends on severity, of course, obviously. Of course. Right? But you could have a successful mission, right? You, you, you're going to do a product rollout or whatever it is. And at the end of the day, it happens. And it happens well and everything is good. And then when you do an after-action review, we call the debrief when you're flying it's a debrief for like the ground pounders it's an after action review but when you sit down there could be elements of that that hey you know what lesson learned here we we need to we need to engage marketing two weeks sooner than we thought or we should get marketing involved on day one because they're going to have some great ideas that are going to save us some heartache later on they're going to tell us that this is what the consumer wants and we'll retweak so whatever that might be mm-hmm. right and at the end of the day we won we got the product out and the product has been well accepted and it looks like it's a profitable product that, that is selling, but we could have saved ourselves and we could have saved ourselves. So I caught myself there and yep. we could have saved ourselves, you know, a couple of weeks of, of uh, late nights if we had gotten marketing involved from day one. 
And again, this is where that ongoing communication comes in to create a culture of here's what we're good at. Here's what we could get better at and creating that ongoing conversation. So even when you win saying, yay, we won. And where could we have gotten better? Where were your frustration points? And I do love those those four questions. What happened? What could have gone better? What are we going to do the same next time? And what are we going to do differently next time? Especially when you win, you can still learn stuff and get stronger next time. Yeah. So which so we opened the podcast with how do you know? And I think the answer to that question is if you have a culture that is constantly reviewing, that's how you know. And right, if that's part of your culture, if you're constantly doing after action reports, debriefs, how did things go? Constantly might be the wrong word here. Let's talk about moderation, Dave. We've got some work to do. But if you're doing them regularly, go ahead, please. I don't like the look on your face. You're scaring me. Well, it's okay. You're in um, Florida. I'm in California. So you're safe. I'm probably safe. <laughs> but the look, it was a strong look. I'm trying to figure out what, what the issue constantly is versus versus regularly. I mean, I think once again, we're splitting hairs and I don't have enough to split. You have none. Uh, you, your eyebrows, eyebrows. We'll stick with the eyebrows. <laughs> thank you. I wasn't going there, but yes, thank you. Um, but right, I, it should be if it's a habit. And what I what's interesting is what I have found is that the the leaders who want to work with me are ones who are actually doing this and want to take it to the next level. The ones who aren't doing it. And think, right, then they fall into one of two categories. They tend to e either be the, oh, my team's great and we don't need any help. Yep. And when you query them, you find out that things are falling through the cracks all the time. And it's always other factors outside of their control. Or the team sucks and I can't find good help. And it's, oh, wait, always factors outside of their control. So, yeah. So right. I, you know what? Ah, ah. Whoa, whoa, brainstorm. If you had hair, it would be on all corners of the room. What just happened? If you think the reason things aren't going as well as they should, or as you want them to, is from external sources, that might be a clue to think again. You might, can. oh, she just dropped her microphone. That right. was a mic. Right. Right. When you sit there and say, no, my problems are external. No, it's because of the market. No, it's because I can't get good help. No, it's because of whatever. Let's look again, people. Let's look again. That, that red flags, warning flags, you know, danger, Will Robinson. That was an alarm. It's like a bad British ambulance. With that weak battery. It's like when they drive away and they go off in the distance. Anyway, yeah, no, totally. Like that's that's a great indicator. How do you know? I'm sitting here blaming on all of my problems, if I'm even willing to admit them, on external factors, and I think they can't be solved. Bada boom. That's it. That's a wrap, folks. That's it. Thanks for coming. We could have made this a three-minute podcast. But you had to have that brainstorm moment where the follicles of hair that you have left sprung out and became this massive conflagration of brilliance. <laughs>
You said follicles, plural. Well, there are two, aren't there? I'm not sure. <laughs> it was out of your beard. I don't know. I don't have. Well, I mean, I do have. I do. I do have to shave my. Well, I have to shave my head too. You know. Thank you. All right. Anything else to add? I think this was. I, I, I think I dropped my mic. Your hair flew out. I mean, every this this has been the most exciting episode ever. Great. Now we have to do another one. I know, right? Woo! We just keep bringing it left, right, left. Oh, I knew I forgot something. What? We missed a celebration. Happy Labor Day. Well, no. Well, I mean, yes, but but. My birthday. No, our last podcast, our previous podcast before this one, our one hundredth episode. Oh, <gasps> when what? What? Happy birthday to us! Okay, that's enough of the worst song ever. Um, yay us! So what is this? One hundred two. I believe this is one hundred one. I think one hundred one is an excellent time to celebrate. It's right. your birthday, baby. Can you do it in opera? Because you are an opera singer. <laughs> Happy birthday to That's all you get. Glasses are shattering all over the world. <laughs> Crystal is gone. I quit. All right. Well, let's let's call this a wrap before we get even stupider. Before you ask me to do something else that I'll do. Hmm. Don't tempt me. We'll <laughs> see you next week, folks. Bye, everybody. That concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. This is Dave Rosenberg, and you can find my website at LockedOnLeadership.com. And this is Ann Bonnie at YourChangeSpeaker.com. Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you failed to disarm them.